Hi. This is another, like, little kind of bonus rant, comment, reaction from the video slash podcast episode that I uploaded, like, two weeks ago. The part two of my Deppy Heard series. Uh, it's called Amber Heard versus the Cult of Johnny Depp. So if you haven't watched it or listened to it yet, I'll link the video in the show notes. And I can already tell that this is going to be a kind of rambly episode because, uh, well, for one thing, I'm PMSing right now. And when I'm PMSing, my ADHD symptoms get worse. But then also because this video dealt a lot more with, like, um, Johnny's celebrity and, like, you know, his movie career and stuff. And that is just something that I... I have a lot of opinions about that weren't necessarily relevant to the video that I was making, but I want to express them anyway. Anyway, I am working on part three right now, um, so like before, I'm going to request that if you have any ideas for what I definitely should include in that part, please send them in. It's going to be about, like, the trial and everything that was happening on social media at the time, so obviously... There's a lot to consider, and there's a lot that I, I could include. I've been trying to make a list of all the, like, Twitch streamers, YouTubers, TikTokers, etc. that have talked about the issue, and the list I already have is, like, so fucking long. And then still, while I'm doing, like, research or trying to gather clips for, for the video, I, I will find more people that I didn't realize had talked about this. And it is really kind of like horrifying. I saw someone say once on Twitter that in a couple years, we're gonna look back on how many YouTubers and like just content creators and stuff were talking about the Depp v. Heard trial and talking about it in like very problematic ways, the same way that we do now with how many uh, people in Hollywood signed that fucking, like, open letter or whatever it was in support of Roman Polanski, remember? Surprisingly, Johnny Depp is not on that list, uh, though he was very openly supportive of Roman Polanski. I, I believe that's where him and Vanessa actually met, and I, I think that Johnny even became, like, friends with him or something? I don't remember, but... He said something about how people make stuff up like that for money, which, you know... <laughs> Not not surprising that he feels that way. But he didn't actually sign the letter, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but a lot of other people did, some of which were not surprising, like uh, Woody Allen, Harvey Weinstein, Brett Ratner, John Landis, uh, who has come up in previous things I've talked about. But there's also a lot of people that when you find out that they signed it, it's very disappointing and maybe a little bit surprising, like um, Wes Anderson, David Lynch, Martin Scorsese, Penelope Cruz, Natalie Portman. That one makes me really sad. Um, I think that Natalie and some others have publicly said that they regret signing that, which I'm glad, and I do hope that someday, maybe even in the near future, we get some of these content creators saying that they regret all the coverage that they contributed to the Depp v. Heard social media saga. You know, maybe. Because I definitely don't think that everyone who participated is, like, a specifically bad person, but it would be nice if they just, like, Told Amber they were sorry. 
But anyway, feel free to give me any more suggestions for who I should include. I, I probably already have the creator you're thinking of on my list, but just in case, let me know. Because again, I, I just keep finding out more people that talked about this that I didn't realize. And also let me know any like specific clips or things that people said that really stood out to you, either because it was really ridiculous and like maybe mean to Amber or if it was just like wrong. I especially want to get more clips of people just saying things that are just like straight up factually untrue, which isn't really hard because there was so much misinformation around this case. But I want specifically to show how people who sort of prop themselves up as if they were in a position of authority on this case, how they also spread a lot of untrue information. So like, you know, the law tubers and stuff, because obviously if you're if you're doing a stream or a video or something that literally has the words lawyer reacts or lawyer responds or actual lawyer looks at or whatever, if people assume that you know what you're talking about because you're putting your whole profession behind the words that you're saying. You're saying that like, oh, I'm not just saying this as like a, a person, just a, a random individual on the internet watching this case like everyone else. I'm saying this as a lawyer who has professional knowledge about this subject because even those people said stuff that was just factually untrue. Like right now I have a clip of that Legal Bites woman saying that Amber was never put under cross-examination in the UK, which was just not true at all. But she said it with like her whole chest and because she's a lawyer, people are just going to assume that she knows what she's talking about when she's talking specifically about a legal case, especially a legal case that took place in another country. Like other people probably aren't gonna look that up, especially because, you know, the UK trial didn't have a live stream. It's literally just documents if you want to if you want to see Amber Heard's cross-examination, you have to literally just go read the transcripts, which we have, and that's why it's so silly to say that Amber wasn't put under cross-examination when we know that she was, but the average viewer just isn't going to do that research, and they shouldn't have to do that research. There should be experts that they rely on for professional opinions. Anyway, I'm also looking for two specific clips from Hassan Piker which I had also been the last time I did one of these episodes when I did the Broken Bottles episode and someone in my YouTube comments did tell me where to find the clip I was looking for then. So I'm hoping that someone can maybe come through if you remember um, these two moments. I remember at some point someone criticizing Hassan for doing the live streams anyway, you know, and kind of profiting off of a trial that was centered around violence against women and him getting really defensive and being like, well, I'm a commentator and this is like a thing that's happening in culture. So I need to comment on it and like, okay, yeah, sure. But like, if you're going to do that, maybe you should do some other research before you expose your audience to a, a whole bunch of bullshit, but whatever. I remember him getting really defensive about it in one of his live streams but I don't know where that is. And this is the problem with fucking like Twitch streamers and stuff is like they, they stream for so long and it's like they're always reacting to the chat and stuff too. So I don't know where to find certain clips because I don't know 
You know, like it, it could have even been a random moment while he was talking about something else completely and then a chatter said something about it and he responded, I just don't know, I don't remember. And there's so much fucking footage to go through from his streams that I haven't been able to locate it yet. But I'm going to keep looking and if anyone knows where that moment is, please let me know. Um, and then also... I know um, some people have told me, or maybe I just saw this on like like a, a subreddit or something, I don't know, but I know that at some point Hassan also called Amber's supporters like radical feminists or radical fem cells or something. Sometimes he likes to use that word fem cell. I honestly don't know exactly what it means. I, I know that it's supposed to be like the inverse of incel, but like, you know, for girls... But I, I don't quite know, like, what... I, w I would need someone to describe to me, like, the specific profile of what a fem cell looks like. Like, is are we in the same arena as, like, a turf or something? Or is it something completely different? I don't know. I just know that I've heard Hassan Piker specifically using that term. And I, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone else use it. So maybe it's just something that he says. Maybe it's not even, like, a thing thing. But I guess Hassan called Amber supporters, like, radical feminists or fem cells or something. So if anyone knows... Like, where he might have said that, he maybe has said it multiple times at this point, I'm not sure. I, I know that, at, like, at one point I saw him tweet something kind of weird, but I, I don't know if there's a clip of him saying it. But if you know where I could find that clip, uh, let me know. And then some other things that I'm just sort of crowdsourcing for, um, any, like, anything from the trial that really stood out to you, let me know if... Like, what you think I should specifically focus on. I'm currently looking, I'm trying to make, like, a compilation of Johnny's contradictions, especially testimonies that changed from the UK trial and the US trial, or just contradictions with, like, just things that he said on the stand. Things that Johnny said that are provably false, that maybe didn't get flagged by a lot of people, sometimes including Amber's lawyers. Uh, I want to know the most absurd hearsay objections. So anything where you were like, what the fuck? How the, how was that hearsay? Or any double standards in how hearsay was applied. So things from like Johnny's side that was not taken as hearsay, but would have been if Amber's side had said it. I mean, for instance, one double standard that I think goes like throughout the whole trial is that, um, Anything that Amber told people about her abuse, that, that kind of just gets dismissed as hearsay a lot. Like, if one of Amber's friends said, like, oh, yeah, Amber told me that Johnny did this, then it's like, okay, that's, uh, that's hearsay. Either there's an objection in the courtroom or, you know, there was just a lot of evidence of Amber's that was dismissed because they were, like, text messages between her and other people. So, like, it doesn't matter that Amber told everyone that she was being abused. However, you'll notice in a lot of, like, Camille's questioning of Amber's witnesses, she will zero in on if Amber didn't tell people about the abuse, you know? Like, with, uh, I think it was, like, Christina Sexton or something, she was asking her, like, oh, did Amber tell you about the, bu the abuse while it was happening, or did she just tell you about it after? It's like, well, what does it matter? If you've already decided that everything Amber tells people is hearsay, then how can you get her on, well, these people weren't informed of your alleged abuse while it was happening. They only found out about it after you filed the restraining order. Very suspicious. Like, no, it's not. 
not not suspicious at all for one thing because people often don't don't just tell people all the time like hey i'm being abused like daily it is just something that a lot of people hide from others until like often much later after they leave the relationship or even sometimes they just never tell people at all so that's not weird but also you can't fucking you can't point out all the times that amber didn't tell someone when you're not letting Amber expose all the times that she did. So that's just like a fundamental flaw with how that hearsay rule was being applied. But if you have any more like specific examples from like maybe specific questionings, let me know. And then also let me know your favorite Amber moments, like times that you thought she actually did really well on the stand. I would say that my overall criticism of Amber's performance on the witness stand it's it's not like a criticism of her in the way that like I, I disbelieve her but it's like if I had been advising her on how to act I would just advise her to do something differently because I think that I, I mean I just think that Amber and her lawyers were in over their head with how Johnny was really playing the like PR tactics of it all and it, Johnny's just better at being a celebrity than Amber is so you know it's not really fair but yeah, Amber underperformed compared to Johnny on the stand. But she also did have a lot of really good moments, especially in her cross-examination. I think the biggest problem with Amber's first testimonies was that she she obviously wanted to be very prepared because she was going to be put under a lot of scrutiny. But I think she may be over-prepared to the point that a lot of her talking points just sounded really rehearsed, which is fine because, you know, it's fine to rehearse things like that. It's a lot of pressure. I wouldn't expect someone to just go up there and start talking off the dome. But when the allegations against you are that you're super calculating and phony, then coming across as extra rehearsed is like, a really really bad move but when she's under cross-examination and she isn't totally prepared for every question that Camille is going to ask her specifically then you do see a much more natural Amber and you see her kind of snapping back at some of the things that Camille said not snapping back in a way that was unprofessional but just like holding her ground in a way that I think was really really good and I think people really really they, they don't appreciate Amber's cross-examination as much as they should. So if you have any favorite moments from that, I am working on a compilation of, of those moments. And then on the inverse, I also want to show Johnny's most, like, obviously rehearsed moments. Especially with, like, his pretentious word salad shit that he always does. And then again, just anything else that you guys think should be included in part three, please tell me. Uh, you can write anything, like if you're watching this on YouTube in the comment section. Sometimes, though, I've been noticing that YouTube is just not showing a lot of the comments or is deleting comments or flagging. Like, I don't know exactly what's going on because there are certain comments that... I can see in like my YouTube studio page, but then if I go to the actual video, I, I can't see the comment anymore. And then there are other things where it's like, I'll get a notification for a comment, but then when I go to look, it's not in like YouTube studio or on the, on the video itself. And it's very, very weird. YouTube does like flag things sometimes for hate speech. And I wonder if it's also flagging maybe when people post links because it thinks that's spam. But some people definitely do post links and also some of the things that end up 
on my on my YouTube studio page because I do have it set to like if there's like abusive language or something that it flags to go go to my comment section for review rather than just publishing automatically. And some of the things that end up in that section, I'm like, I don't fucking see what the problem with this comment was at all. Like there's no hate speech. There's it's just like a normal comment. So I don't know what the fuck is going on with YouTube in the comment section. So like if you post a comment which I, I do encourage you to do, not only because I like reading the things that you guys say, but also, you know, it helps engagement. So go ahead, comment away. But be warned that YouTube might just, like, fucking delete it or something. So if it's really, really important information, um, just make sure that, like, YouTube actually publishes the comment and that it stays there and doesn't disappear within a couple minutes. And if for some reason it's not publishing your comment, like, you can just email me or something. If you go to medusini.com, my contact information is there. Or, like, you can even direct message me on, like, Instagram or Twitter or something. Sometimes I see those kind of late, though, because if I'm not following you, then it just goes to, like, my requests. And I don't always get notifications for that. Especially on Instagram. I don't know why Instagram doesn't do any sort of, like, notification for when someone sends you a message. I don't know. But I'm, I'm fairly accessible. And for the record... I do not delete my YouTube comments. I keep getting those comments from like Depp supporters and from uh, another person's supporters on a different video that I did. They keep accusing me of deleting comments that are negative or something. And it, I, I don't, I, I've never done that. And in fact, in all of those videos where people are accusing me of doing that, there are tons of negative comments, trust me. I'm not deleting them. A lot of them are there. If things are being deleted, that was YouTube. It wasn't me. Anywho, I'm just going to start going through uh, some just like extra commentary that I had from the previous video that I did, the Amber Heard versus the Cult of Johnny Depp, and I'll respond to some of the comments that people left from that video. So I first wanted to start this one off by just talking about the celebrity of Johnny Depp because in part one, I, I did like the timeline of Amber and Johnny's relationship, but I didn't get into the background of the two of them at all, even though I do think that that's pretty important just for establishing the power imbalance here. And I did kind of mention it in the first part, but I just didn't really go into detail. So for this one, I wanted to really set up the fact that Johnny Depp is not just, like, super famous. He's famous in a very, very particular way. In a way that's almost... It's very unusual for actors. Like, singers and pop stars and maybe even, like, you know, YouTubers and stuff. That's a little bit different because there's more of a personal connection that people have with those kinds of performers. Like, if you make YouTube videos, that's usually just, like you in a camera or something. Typically the person you see on like a YouTube page is like the face of it is very actively involved in the creative process even if they have some other people working with them like editing their videos and stuff. But like 99% of the time the content primarily comes from them so there's a very like personal personal aspect of that sort of brand of media and the same thing with music. Often People sing about things that are more or less relatable to them. So, you know, obviously Swifties connect very much to Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift writes about her own personal life a lot, so they feel like they know her. So it's really normal for some public figures to gain these really passionate cult followings, or not cult following, sometimes in terms of like the the size because a cult following is usually like a little bit smaller and more condensed but in like intensity where the people who are in those fandoms they they get very very passionate 
about their support for that figure. That doesn't happen with a lot of actors quite as much as it happens with other forms of celebrities because actors are just actors, you know? They, they get a script and then they go in front of a camera or onto a stage or what have you and they perform that script most of the time. And they may gain a following of people who really like their talent as an actor, but they don't necessarily feel connected to them as a person. But Johnny Depp has a very particular relationship with his following that is kind of unique for actors. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, like, number one, he is very good looking, or he was. I mean, he's he's definitely let himself go. And I usually don't like to comment on people's looks at all because I just think it's unnecessary and mean. But in Johnny's case, it's like, this is literally all you're doing. Like, those photos of his uh, mouth from whatever film festival red carpet that he was on, where his mouth just looked so gross, like just rotting teeth. His his tongue even looked, it was so gross. And people kept posting like close up photos of it on Twitter. And I was like, okay, I get it. I don't like Johnny either. And I think it's fine to make fun of him. So I'm not like upset in that aspect, but I would really, really like to stop seeing this photo. Like it is just nasty. And it's like, you're fucking rich as hell. There's no excuse for that. If that were, like, a homeless man's mouth, okay, sure. He doesn't have access to, like, dental health care. But you have so much money. You have all the money in the world. You can't just, like, brush your fucking teeth. Oh, it's gross. But I, I don't like to harp on the looks thing too much. I know that a lot of Amber supporters will sometimes just like to post unflattering photos of Johnny just for, like, the fun of it. And, like, I get it, but... I don't like to do it just because I think it, like, sends the wrong message, but it is notable, you know, how much he's really, how much specifically he's let himself go since the divorce with Amber, because I pointed out at some point in the, in the second video that, um, at one point he, he was looking very, very thin and people were concerned about it, his fans, and then someone, some source close to Johnny gave some statement to the Daily Mail and said that, like, oh, it's just because of his divorce with Amber. Like, she treated him so badly that he's still recovering from it or something. It's like, okay, well, first of all, he didn't look like that during their marriage. And when those photos were coming out, it was like, like two years past when they had separated. So, okay, maybe in the stress of the separation and stuff, Sure, maybe that would affect his health, but after two years, it's like, okay, you can't blame Amber anymore. Just get your fucking shit together. But I honestly do think that it maybe is somewhat attributed to Amber leaving him because there's so much... When you go through, like, the audio recordings and stuff and you go through the therapy notes and the doctor's notes and the text messages, it, it becomes very clear that Amber was just taking care of Johnny a lot, like, making sure that he was taking his medication and making sure that he, like, got some amount of sleep or that he wasn't just out doing drugs, like, all the time, which he still was. She couldn't totally control him or help him, but she seemed to be trying very, very hard and, like, keeping keeping track of his appointments. And it just, it it does seem like a possibility to me that Amber leaving him just almost left him, like, motherless or something obviously his mom did die literally like when she left him 
but I think that for a while in their relationship, Amber was sort of acting as Johnny's caretaker. And now that he doesn't have that anymore, he's looking rough. So God help the next, like, 22-year-old or whatever that has to step into that position for him. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, so I, I think a lot of the devotion toward Johnny, as, as ridiculous as it may sound and as minimizing as it may also be, I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that he was just fucking hot. Like, when I was looking through old clips of him, I was like, oh my god, like, he really was a good-looking guy. And he is very charming. Like, when you watch those interviews... It's like, I don't necessarily want to believe that that guy turned out to be a horrific, violent abuser, because he does seem really likable. And again, like, just very attractive. So I think that there is just a point where he got, he got put up as like this romanticized fantasy of an actor and of like this bad boy that people just became really attached to. And what does not fit into that romanticized vision of him is abuse allegations. So I do think that some of the cult following of Johnny Depp literally is just from people having a crush on him. And I think that that's fine, by the way. I'm not trying to shame those people and being like, oh, you just think he's hot. You don't even really know anything about it. It's like, it's fine. I feel very similarly about Harry Styles. I think his music is okay. There are some songs that I really like and others where I'm like, okay, you need, you need a little bit more development, Harry. It's, you know, but... I think he's very charming, and I think he's so fucking good looking. Like, oh my god. And it clouds my judgment, I'm not gonna lie. It's okay to just think people are hot sometimes and to want to like them because they're hot. It's like a really human thing to do. So yeah, Johnny's really hot, or was really hot, and he also, he just has like a personality that comes out a lot in interviews or any sort of like public thing that he's doing. You get a sense of like, who he is, or at least who he's projecting himself to be in any public appearance he does, which is not necessarily true with all actors, you know? Some people just, they go on to talk shows and they do their little, like, their talking points, the things that they need to promote about their movie, the little anecdote that their publicist has worked out for them to say on, on camera and sound super cute and nice and whatever, and it's just like, it just washes over you. There's not much impact that a lot of celebrities have when they do those interviews because they're not necessarily looking for that kind of publicity. They're just doing their job. They're just promoting their movie and they're going home. Johnny, on the other hand, was like always kind of asserting his personality in any scenario, you know? Like he was on 21 Jump Street kind of shit-talking it in interviews and being like, yeah, I just don't think that the writing is as strong as it used to be. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> there's one point I found an interview where the interviewer asked him, like, describe in one word your relationship with your character or something, something like that. And he just said, contractual obligation. Like, it is, in one way, it's like, okay, that's super unprofessional because you are still on that show and you maybe shouldn't shit talk it while you're on it. But also it's like, I, it's kind of like refreshing honesty in a way. To be honest, I don't know that I could do any differently. I'm a very opinionated person, and if I was on a show where I thought the writing was kind of subpar, I don't think I would say it in the blunt ways that Johnny would sometimes articulate that point, but I don't think that I could pretend that I felt differently. In some ways, I'm like, okay, I kind of connect with Johnny like that, 
And I think a lot of other people did too, where they're like, oh yeah, we also think that the latest season of 21 Jump Street sucks. It's so cool that he's saying that. But that's a privilege that men get away with way more than women, by the way, because when Katherine Heigl made like a slightly shady remark about what was that fucking show she was on? Was it Grey's Anatomy? I never watched it. My mom did. She just got like shunned from Hollywood. And same thing when she made like a, a kind of snarky remark about um, Knocked Up. And both the points she made seemed pretty fair to me, you know, in the grand scheme of things. It's like not the worst thing you could say about the project that you're on. But she got a lot of shit for it. Whereas like Robert Pattinson goes around making fun of Twilight all the time and people just think it's like funny and endearing. So I I love the snark. I wish it was able to be expressed by people that are not just like really handsome white men like Johnny Depp and Robert Pattinson. The point is though that Johnny's just got like a vibe to him that makes him come across as more like personable than your average actor. And then he also takes on a lot of roles or he started to take on a lot of roles after 21 Jump Street that were kind of like quirkier or campier and that made him look like the kind of actor that was really in it for like the acting, you know? Like he wants to take risks. He wants to do all these different kinds of movies, which again is like, that's admirable, right? I always felt like it was a little overrated in terms of, like I've seen those photos sometimes that people will post where they'll just take screenshots from every Johnny Depp movie or like very specific ones, you know, like Pirates and then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and then um, that Dark Shadows one and like anyone where he's in like kind of a full costume where he's like transformed, you know? And so people will post all these photos of him in character side by side as a way to be like, look at how talented of an actor he is. He's totally transformed for this role. And I just always rolled my eyes at those because I was like, that's the hair and makeup department. That's the costuming. Just showing photos of him in different movies looking different doesn't say anything about his performances. I mean, maybe you could say that he's talented enough to get cast in all these different roles, but let's be honest, most of them were cast by Tim Burton, who he just has a relationship with. So it's not like he was auditioning for any of that shit, but whatever. He's not just doing big blockbuster movies where he plays the same role over and over again. So that helps people just take him seriously as an actor. And then when he goes on talk shows and he talks about how he loves acting and he talks about like his process of getting into character and stuff, which makes him seem like a very, very serious actor, which I know that he is. I, I don't doubt that. I, I think that he does take what he does very seriously. But then he'll make all these comments on top of it about how, you know, he loves acting and he loves the craft of it and the art of it, but he hates Hollywood. He hates being a celebrity. It makes him so uncomfortable. So if you just take Johnny at his word, then you have an image of him as being a person who's very sweet and actually really shy, even though he's this wildly talented actor who's in all these huge movies. It's just because he's so talented, not because he's specifically ambitious as a celebrity. He even says in the in the trial something about how like the word ambitious to him is like a negative word because it means that you're you're just in it for the money or the fame or the cloud or something. I don't even remember. But it, it, it's some some bullshit. And if you remember, well, I don't know if I put it in part one, um, but if you've been following the case, you might have 
you might have already seen the text message where he sent Christy something about how Amber said another photo shoot. I hate her her ambition as an actor. It's like super weird and it it seems incredibly misogynistic, but he passes it off as like, I've always thought the word ambition is like negative. You shouldn't be ambitious. You should just be like, I, I don't even know. I, I don't follow his logic there, but I understand that other people do. And the logic that they follow leads to the conclusion that Johnny's just in it for the art, you know? He's not in it for, like, the really shallow Hollywood stuff. Except for the fact that he continues to take huge, like, blockbuster movie roles, even if they are, they're not big blockbusters in the way of, like, you know, a Marvel film or something like that. I mean, some of them kind of are, like, he did the fucking Fantastic Beasts movies. But, uh, yeah, a lot of them are, like you know, Tim Burton movies, or occasionally he'll do something even lower budget than that. It's stuff that has the aesthetics of being a little bit more quirky and a little bit more outside the realm of a traditional Hollywood film. But they are still, like, major movies. Movies that he knows that being in will make him more famous. Like, it will increase his celebrity image. And Johnny Depp definitely does do maintenance to that image, and he definitely does seem to enjoy being a part of Hollywood, you know? I mean, he opened up an L.A. nightclub that was often just swimming in celebrities. So how do you say that you don't like the celebrity scene when you're so actively a part of it? When you're showing up and taking photos of yourself getting a fucking Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame? If you were just in it for the craft of acting, or if you just, if you wanted to go back into your music career or whatever, because apparently he just loves music, it's his first love, you had enough success in your early career that you would be pretty set financially to live a pretty modest life, even like a pretty nice life, and not have to do all the celebrity Hollywood stuff that you have continued to do. You could have easily just taken the money from your first big successes and then gone on to do like really small indie films or even do some theater or something, stuff that doesn't have quite as much fanfare, or make a fucking album, you know, get a band together. I mean, he does have a band now, but like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be in Pirates of the Caribbean. You chose to do that because you knew that it was going to be like a big thing. You knew that that was going to give you a lot more money and increase your celebrity. Two things that you say that you're not really that interested in. Like, you don't you don't care so much about the money and you don't care about being famous. It makes you uncomfortable. Like, fuck off. You own 15, like, multi-million dollar houses. You definitely enjoy being rich and famous. But I think that Johnny can sell that lie so easily because I think he's just convinced himself that it's true. That he actually isn't in it for the fame or something and that he's not like all the other Hollywood boys. But he is, you know... It, it almost seems, I, I know that it's, it's like I don't have the qualifications to diagnose anyone with anything and the word like narcissist and narcissism gets used very liberally, you know, in just standard pop culture and everyday life. Uh, so let's be acknowledging of the fact that I don't have the qualifications to say this of him, but 
I do think that Johnny Depp is legitimately narcissistic, like has narcissistic personality disorder. And I think that his whole insistence that he he doesn't care about Hollywood is almost like just an extension of that, where he's reached this level of fame and celebrity, but convinced himself that it's only because he's just so talented, you know? He didn't actually try at all. Like, it, it, he's separated himself from the industry that he's definitely, definitely trying to be a part of and is succeeding at it because he wants to be just as successful as all the other celebrities doing the big blockbuster movies that he's doing, but he still wants to feel like he's different than them. He's better than them because they're doing it for the ambition and I'm doing it for the art. It's like, fuck off. But anyway, okay, so <laughs> this is what I said before when I was like, this one's going to be a little bit more rambly. But the thing is, like, celebrity culture is kind of the thing that I have sort of the most interest in and the most knowledge in in terms of, like, I just, I pay very close attention to it and I try to look at it in a more, like, analytical, critical, skeptical way. So I think that I just... The bullshit of Johnny's persona has always been fairly apparent to me, even before all of this all of this bullshit it's one of the reasons that like when the abuse allegations first came out i was like oh yeah that kind of makes sense and then i let the internet trick me into not believing that anymore but i've always found the cult of johnny depp to be very very annoying and the same thing with the cult of tim burton because let's be fucking honest tim burton's movies are not nearly as weird or eccentric as people act like they are so it makes a lot of sense that like Johnny's, his filmography and his time in the industry is so overlapping with Tim Burton's and they're so close and they collaborate so much because they have very similar audiences in the way that they make stuff that is incredibly commercial and incredibly just easy to digest for the average American, but it's dressed up in these aesthetics that feel a little bit more transgressive that people think of them as being way more like just out there and weird than they actually are. Like there's almost an underdog narrative that exists behind Tim and Johnny that just doesn't make sense when you think about the fact that they're so incredibly successful and rich and famous. Like those are not underdogs at all. And just to go on an extra little rant here about Tim Burton, he is so incredibly overrated to me. I do like some of his movies. I like Beetlejuice a lot. Um, and like Edward Scissorhands, I, I like it. It's not like a bad movie. I don't think it's like, again, it's like, I just don't think it's as transgressive as people act like it is. They're like, oh my God, Edward Scissorhands. It's like, he's got, he's a person with scissors for hands. So quirky, so weird. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. It's like, it's campy and it's cute. And that that's it. That's what Tim Burton movies are. They're campy and they're cute. But I wouldn't say that any of them have like a super established perspective. I don't think they have anything all that interesting to say. And I'm sick of him getting the credit for Nightmare Before Christmas. He didn't direct that movie. Henry Selick did. So if you, if you don't know, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I think started as like a Tim Burton poem or something. Like he created the characters for it. He created like the basic concept. And then he went to Henry Selick and he was like, hey, I've got this idea. And Henry's like, oh, yeah, let's make that into a movie. Like, it, Henry Selick is the director. 
but Tim Burton was like, you know, it's like characters created by or something. And he was also a producer and he was also a producer on James and the Giant Peach. And I think a lot of people also think that Tim Burton directed that movie. And again, he did not. That was Henry Selick. And Henry Selick also directed Coraline, which Tim Burton has fucking nothing to do with. He's not even a producer on that movie, but... A lot of people still think that Tim Burton directed that film because a lot of people think that Tim Burton directed Nightmare Before Christmas. And then when Coraline was coming out, that got advertised as like from the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, which wasn't Tim Burton, but people think it is. So they think that he made Coraline, which he, he did not. And you know who, by the way, is also sick of Tim Burton getting the credit for Nightmare Before Christmas? Henry Selick. And I've actually here, I've got a quote from him because I just think that it's it's funny. Um, he said, that was a little unfair because it wasn't called Tim Burton's Nightmare until three weeks before the film came out. And I would have been fine with that if that's what I signed up for. But Tim was in LA making two features while I directed that film. And I mean, Tim is a genius or certainly was in his most creative years, which I love that part. I love that he throws a little shade in there. He's like, oh yeah, his early movies were good, but like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing now. And I agree. I do think that like Tim Burton's first couple movies were decent and the, the most recent ones are not, not that. Anyway, then he said, I always thought his story was perfect and he designed the main characters. It was really me and my team of people who brought that to life. Now, of course, if you ask Danny Elfman, that's his movie. When we finished the film, it was so funny because he came up to me and shook my hand. Henry, you've done such a wonderful job illustrating my songs. And he was serious and I loved it. Fine. But my thing was, I'm going to hang in there long enough to where people actually say, oh, that guy Henry, he does stuff. So I just want Henry Selick to know that I do know that you do stuff, Henry, and I appreciate it. Getting back on track, though. So I started the video just talking about Johnny's celebrity and how he very early on got propped up as this, like, this Hollywood hot bad boy, but who's different from the others. He's more introspective and shy, and he doesn't care about the material things. Blah, 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 blah. And then I started talking a little bit more about how Johnny actually does kind of have a history of violence, uh, especially in relation to, like, property damage and... Things that kind of resemble the stuff that Amber was alleging from their relationship. I was kind of sparing with what I put in the video because ultimately there's stuff with like his drug use and things and like stuff with the Viper Room and, um, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's brother, River Phoenix, he died there from like a drug overdose. And then there was another actor who I think had a a stroke or seizure or something that was also drug-induced at that club and he even said at one point that it was like as easy as like just calling for room service in a hotel in the viper room to just get drugs and i i originally was going to include that and those details just to show that like johnny has also been very heavily involved in the drug scene for a very long time and when he says that like he was just drinking and doing drugs because of amber that's not true. But then I was like, okay, well, I, I don't want to detract from the point of, like, his violence too much. Because truly, it's like you can do drugs and not not be violent. I mean, it definitely does make some people more prone to violence, but it's not necessarily connected. Well, I mean, maybe it's slightly connected in that it can 
cause people to be more impulsive or aggressive. But, you know, clearly some people are just on drugs and not hurting anybody. But then there's also stuff with, like, the Anthony Fox disappearance. I I, I almost want to include it just because I think it's interesting, but I don't have any sort of proof that Johnny had anything to do with Anthony Fox's disappearance, and I don't want to contribute to, like, a conspiracy theory about him that may or may not be true, but it maybe just does point to Johnny being involved in situations that are a little shady, you know? Because even if he wasn't the reason that Anthony Fox disappeared, he's still involved with people that go missing sometimes because they're involved in things that are a little bit messy, you know? Like, he is he is involved in that world more than I think people realize. But I just don't have any hard answers on Anthony Fox going missing. And if you don't know, Anthony Fox was like a co-owner of the Viper Room. And at some point, he accused Johnny and someone else of being like co-conspirators to try to take the Viper Room away or like to take control of it. It was all very like, it's it's from a long time ago. So it's hard to find a lot of detailed information about it. But then Anthony Fox disappeared pretty shortly after filing a lawsuit against Johnny and people have, some people in Anthony Fox's life have said that they they think that Johnny might have had something to do with it, but we don't know. So I didn't include that. I also didn't go super far into the allegations against him in terms of like other relationships. I mentioned a few things like the fact that some people around Kate Moss have said that it was their relationship was really weird and those were things that were like coming out before like any of the amber heard stuff like these are things that have just been being said by people for a long time and i thought about not including that because ultimately kate moss has never said anything about it no one really has said anything about it but i wanted to just make a point that like there are red flags here you know there's always been talks of things happening in Johnny's relationships, whether it be with Kate Moss or with Vanessa Paradis, who I really, I didn't mention her like at all in the video, which I kind of wish I had mentioned something because someone did leave a comment and say that, um, that Vanessa described Johnny as being prone to violent mood swings. So maybe I probably should have included that, but it's like, because all of these people haven't made specific allegations against Johnny and a lot of them have defended him, I don't want to, like, suck them into it too much and be like, well, I've decided that Johnny actually was abusive to you, so there. Especially because it ultimately doesn't matter that much. If we can find evidence of Johnny being abusive to former partners, it can prove, like, a pattern of behavior, and it would make it more likely that he was abusive to Amber. But people can be abusive in one relationship and not abusive in others. So really, it him being abusive or not abusive to other people isn't like a slam dunk piece of evidence, but it is still notable that he's exhibited signs of being a potentially abusive partner throughout his whole career. And even as I said in the video, just looking at the timeline of his relationships and how quickly he often goes from first meeting someone to then being like in a committed relationship and possibly being engaged, like he's been engaged to like most of his serious girlfriends. And he tends to get engaged pretty quickly, like within months or even weeks of first meeting them. And that is alarming. 
especially when it comes to his relationship with Winona Ryder, who was 17 when they first started dating, and he was 26. In the video, I said 24, and someone commented and said he was actually 26. I think I did know that, but for some reason, I just wrote down 24 in my notes. I don't know why, but regardless, she was a minor. He was in his mid-20s. So that is already alarming in and of itself. I do kind of understand to a degree an argument in which someone could say like, okay, well, she was 17, but she also was working as an actor. So she was involved in a very adult world. She probably had to mature faster than the average teenager. And, you know, they met at work where they were like co-stars in a film. So they met on a sort of like even playing ground, I guess. Obviously, Johnny had still been more successful as, like, an actor by that point. You know, he had been in quite a few big movies, and he had already done 21 Jump Street and shit. So, like, he's more successful as an actor, so it's not totally even. But, like, you know, on the set, at least, they were, like, they were doing the same thing. She is still a child, and her brain was definitely still developing at that point. But I do have a lot of sympathy for, you know, it... it, it a lot of young people in the industry get put into this tough spot where like they come into the industry very young as like a teenager and then they are just really out of step with other people their age. So like Billie Eilish, I know, had been dating this guy who is pretty significantly older than her for a bit. I think they recently broke up, but then I think I also saw something on Twitter yesterday that might have indicated they're back together, but it doesn't matter. I do understand to a degree, as alarming as I do think that relationship was, especially certain things that I heard Billie saying, it, it's a little iffy to me, but I get how, from Billy's perspective, it would be really, really frustrating to have people talking about your relationship like that and criticizing your boyfriend for being so much older than you when Billy has been working in the music industry since she was a literal child. So for her, she's been involved in this adult world and she has this entire life already kind of built for her that most teenagers do not have. So... For her, like, 99% of the people who are actually her age are just not in the same space of their life that she is in. So, you know, that puts her into a tough spot where it, she's definitely still vulnerable to older men taking advantage of her. But she also is not in a position where she's at the same maturity level as people who are actually her age. Because she was kind of forced by circumstances to mature a lot faster than most people are expected to. So being super generous to Johnny and Winona's relationship, the age gap specifically is a red flag, but it's not like the most damning thing. Because if they were both really conscious of it and there was like an effort to make sure that there was equality and that Winona specifically didn't feel pressured to get super serious as quickly as it appears they did, then like, okay, maybe that could work out and, and wouldn't be super toxic. But where you really start to lose me is the fact that Winona, prior to Johnny, hadn't even kissed anyone. Like, Johnny was her first kiss. He was her first boyfriend. Whereas Johnny had been fucking married and divorced by the time that he met Winona. So, yes, they may have been in, like, similar stages of their life as far as career, 
but they definitely weren't in similar stages as far as their experiences with intimate romantic relationships. So that's super icky to me. And then I found an interview with Winona and her parents. I, I don't remember. I think it was for like Vogue. And Winona said something about how the only thing her parents like put their foot down and wouldn't let her do at that time, at those early stages of her career, was marrying Johnny. Like they, they wouldn't let her marry him, even though they liked him. Her dad was like, no, you're 17, not going to happen. Which is interesting because... I think the public narrative has always been that, like, yeah, Johnny and Winona met when she was 17, but they didn't become super serious and they didn't get engaged until she was 18, which is still gross, but okay, fine. But it sounds like from that interview with Winona's parents that they actually did start talking about marriage and Johnny was maybe even pressuring Winona to get married when she was 17 and maybe they're just remembering the dates incorrectly and she actually was 18 when they were engaged but that's still that's like fresh adulthood she's not really used to being on her own legally yet don't think that's the time for her to settle down with a 26 year old man not not great i honestly i don't know if this is going to be a controversial opinion but I don't think that people should be able to get married until they're 21. Like, if we make people wait until they're 21 to legally drink, you shouldn't be able to, like, legally commit your life to another human being. That's weird. We need some kind of gap between the, the years that adulthood first technically begins and when you're able to make that sort of commitment. Because, you know, you need a few years to get used to being an adult, but you don't know that when you're that young. Whatever, moving on. So then in the video, I started to go into how Johnny's fans have kind of always hated Amber, and I saw someone comment and say, um, I never knew his fans hated her before the allegations even began. And yeah, I really didn't realize the degree to which they did. So um, a little insight into my research process, because I like to put things into like, the context of whatever um, time that things took place in. I feel like just timelines and stuff are super easy ways to organize information. What I like to do sometimes to get a sense of how people were talking during that era is I'll, I'll Google stuff, but I'll specifically go into the search tools and just Google it from like, with Johnny, I did a lot of like 1992, like 2000, 14 or something or 2015 before anything about like the abuse allegations could taint what I saw people talking about and with Amber and Johnny I wanted to get an idea of how it was being reported from the beginning of their relationship so I specifically looked at like um uh just like Johnny and Amber from 2011 when they first like met but weren't public yet to like 2013 when they officially became public to see what the what the stuff was that people were saying, especially because in Amber's therapy notes, she mentioned stuff about how people were calling her like a homewrecker and stuff. So I was trying to find that. And I found so much stuff from like these Johnny Depp fan communities that was like, it was just so clear that they've just always hated her. It gave me the same vibes as when Harry Styles started dating Olivia Wilde and a lot of Harry's fans just like really hated Olivia. I don't know, like if you weren't paying attention to that situation, then good for you. But I just kept seeing like 
the worst, like, weird anti-Olivia stuff on social media from Harry Styles fans. And it is weird. It's like, you would think if you're a fan of someone that you would be more or less supportive of their significant other. Like, if they're happy in a relationship, you would just want that for them. I understand a bit when it's someone that's, like, problematic. Like, I get why a lot of Swifties were upset about the Maddie Healy thing, but that's, like, a different situation. It's like, Olivia Wilde doesn't have that problematic of a past. There's, like, some allegations and rumors about her cheating on Jason Sudeikis with Harry, but also Jason seemed kind of abusive, too. So it's like, I I just, I don't care. Let... Maybe she's a little messy. She seems a little messy, but that's fine. Some people are just fucking messy. That's no reason to be super hateful toward her. But Harry Styles fans are very protective of him. And a lot of them seem to think that, um, you know, it's like the Larry shipping thing with him and who is it? Is it Louis or is it? It's definitely not Liam. Liam sucks, so it's got to be Louis. Um, yeah, so like whenever one of them dates like a woman, people get upset or they literally think that that's like it's like a beard you know like they're just dating these women for like the public but they actually are in love with each other the one direction stand-up gets very very odd i never followed one direction so i'm not involved in it i just see it from the outside and it is it doesn't look nice but i'm sure you know plenty of one direction fans are very very nice so that's not it's not a dismissal of the whole fandom but you know Toxic fans everywhere, and Johnny Depp has definitely always had them, and that makes sense because he's also just like a toxic person, so. I didn't go into my my theory for why the fans hated Amber so much in the video, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Johnny was with Vanessa Paradis for so long that I think that they just got really attached to that relationship, and especially, you know, one of the things that was really striking to me going through a lot of these old Johnny Depp interviews and stuff is the fact that very, very early, like as soon as he became a parent, his interviews were just kind of always referencing that. Like it always gets brought up that Johnny has this really close relationship with his kids and being a father has changed him and it's changed his perspective on things. And that's all fine because I don't doubt that that's true. I mean, I, I maybe do doubt it like a little bit. But I do think that he, like, cares about his children in in the ways that he's capable of doing that. But the overall point is that his parenting and his relationship with his kids and with just his overall family unit became a really, really big part of his celebrity image, especially for Johnny's fans who read every interview and watch him do any sort of appearance. They got really attached to this idea of Johnny Vanessa and the kids and so when Johnny split up with Vanessa and he started dating this other actor I think that they just didn't take kindly to that so their initial skepticism with Johnny having a new partner then bleeds into calling Amber a homewrecker and a gold digger and a clout chaser or ambitious the way that Johnny would use that word because she's also an actor so like there was just a lot of skepticism around Amber that was very rooted in misogyny, but also probably really, really rooted in their parasocial relationship with Johnny Depp and their idea of what they wanted his life to look like. But it is, I tried to be very sparing in the video about what I showed from the Johnny standum at the time, but it is so fucking ridiculous. 
because it's just all Amber wore a hat and then people were accusing her of copying Johnny and like adopting his style. Like he fucking invented hats. And that's really significant when you think about the the conspiracy things that came out about Amber copying Johnny's wardrobe in the courtroom last year, which is oh it's it's so funny how like stan rhetoric that otherwise would be looked at as pretty ridiculous and just the outcome of this like really small group of people that got way too attached to this actor and have gotten a little like delusional about it how that became super mainstream where other people were adopting those talking points of johnny depp super fans from like 2012 it's it's very interesting especially with the court trial stuff. It's like, I, I get, so there's one point where Amber wore like the same tie that Johnny wore, like a couple days later, it had like a little B on it. And that's the like one where I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's kind of a weird coincidence. But also that is like a pretty popular tie. I mean, not for people of my income, but it's a Gucci tie that I guess has been like, it's from the 70s archive. Like, it, it's a, a classic piece of Gucci. So it's not totally just outside the realm of possibilities that these two celebrities who have access to high fashion and who probably do have somewhat similar tastes to one another, considering they were married for, well, for like a year, but they were together for years before that. So like, yeah, okay, they, they like the same tie. It's not outside the realm of possibilities that that really was just a coincidence. Or maybe Amber saw Johnny wearing that tie and it was like, oh, I have that tie. I like it. I should wear it. It's like, it's not that weird. And all the other outfits that people accused her of copying Johnny with were so fucking stupid. Like, he wore a ponytail and then the next day she wore a ponytail. It's like, okay, well, they both have fucking long hair. So that's not weird. That's very basic and they also just both wore like suits and uh like kind of gray muted colors because they're in a courtroom that's just standard outfits for a trial like that because you want to look professional and there is something a little bit i think just kind of misogynistic about the criticism in the way of like oh she's not wearing dresses all the time she must be copying Johnny because she's wearing a suit or she's wearing pants or what have you. Like, it's just so annoying. Women wear pants now and we've been doing it for a while. And if Amber had worn something really kind of like feminine or girly or something that made her look more like she was trying to be meek and not more assertive or professional, then people would have just accused her of trying to like play the victim or trying to seduce the jury or something like it, it doesn't matter whatever she did it wasn't gonna matter she could have dressed more femininely and people would have used that against her she dressed a little bit more kind of neutral or maybe even like a little bit masculine and then people accused her of copying johnny it's just she can't win so then i went into TMZ's pretty obvious smear campaign against Amber because that really is one of the things that just drives me fucking nuts about this case because so many people have gotten this idea that Amber was just leaking a whole bunch of stuff to the press when she was first getting the divorce, especially TMZ. Like people thought she gave that that kitchen video to TMZ and there's this whole thing 
I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast or in any of the videos, but like one of the reasons people think that Amber sent the video to TMZ is that the first version that they uploaded had like the like first little bit, like the first couple seconds cut out and then the last couple seconds cut out. And so people think because the, the last little bit shows Amber picking up the iPad and almost kind of like smiling. People think that like, you know, she was just so happy with herself. She set Johnny up. She made him look bad. And then TMZ cut that out because they didn't want Amber to look bad because she's the one that sent the video. But then like, then why would TMZ publish every other single thing that they were publishing at the time? That was very clearly anti-Amber. That's really just, it's not how TMZ operates. TMZ is an institution that gets its information by being nice to people that give them information. First of all, they pay for tips, for one thing, and everyone in Los Angeles knows it. So when you're asking, well, who could have sent that video if not Amber? Literally anyone. Because anyone who had access to that video or even just knew that it existed, and Amber did text it to other people. Like, we know she texted it to Io, and I don't think Io would go to TMZ with it. Maybe, because, like, he probably thought that it would help Amber. That's, like, a possibility. But a lot of people probably had that footage if she was texting it to people. So, literally could have been anyone. Because everyone knows that if they send TMZ stuff like that, then they can get paid. And additionally, this whole thing about her smiling or smirking or laughing or whatever at the end of that little clip is so overblown. I've watched it so many times and I'm like, she's maybe got kind of like a, sm a slight smile, but it's not significant. It's not the smile of someone who's like, ha, 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 got him. It's just like a little moment of like, oh, okay, like that's how he's going to be. Like, it seems like someone who is more sort of like smiling because they're like annoyed in a way, you know? I mean, I hate to do like a body language analysis here, but it just contextually, it does make sense to me as the reaction of someone who's just used to Johnny doing stuff like that and being like, all right, fine, he's doing it again. Like, it's not weird in terms of Amber's story. It doesn't mean that she was just setting him up to do this hoax. It's just dumb. But that's, like, one of the reasons that people think she was working for TMZ when she just so clearly wasn't. Like, Johnny's team was feeding them so much fucking information. And TMZ also just has connections with the courts. And they have connections in the police department. They've got connections fucking everywhere in Los Angeles. So, no. Amber did not need to give them any information for them to have information. And TMZ has a general policy that they will try to be nice or put some sort of positive spin on stories about people who give them information. So if you're ever wondering who's giving TMZ these inside scoops, pay attention to who they're being nice to. Like during Britney's conservatorship, it was pretty clear that TMZ was getting information directly from Britney's conservators. Because even when they were publishing pretty damning information about Britney's conservators, they would put a positive spin on it. Like when Jamie Spears got a restraining order against him from Britney's two sons, TMZ ran the exclusive, but then in the article writes, yeah. Jamie has his flaws, but we're told by everyone around Britney that he's really helped Britney and he's the only one that can handle her erratic moods. Like, that's the kind of shit that they do. They will publish information that's, like, 
somewhat true in like a factual sense, but they will put a spin on it that is very clearly motivated by whoever gave them that info. You might have noticed, by the way, that during the Danny Masterson trial that TMZ really didn't report on it at all. They, I think, published something when the verdict came out because they have to, you know? Like, it is a celebrity news piece. They have to at least acknowledge that, like, okay, Danny Masterson was found guilty of these rapes. But they didn't really publish anything while the trial was going on, especially anything that was super damning to Danny Masterson because TMZ has connections with the Church of Scientology. Like, you will very, very rarely see negative stories about Scientologists put in TMZ. That's just fucking true. Just go, go and read, go and notice. They're also, they're very nice to the Kardashians because the Kardashians give them info because that's another thing that like the Kardashians are very, very smart about. They know how to be nice to outlets. And when it's just Harvey Levin saying like, oh my God, Kim Kardashian looks so beautiful in this new bikini pic, it's like, whatever, okay, that's clearly motivated by their close connections with the Kardashians and they're clearly just doing like a little fluff piece. But when it's about like abuse allegations, it's like, okay, can you not, can you not? <laughs> oh my God. It's like, this is the thing for me where part of the reason that I, I'm so annoyed by the narrative about Amber sending things to TMZ is just because I know more about TMZ than the average person because TMZ fascinates me because it is simultaneously like evil. Like the people there make really, really like unethical, immoral choices, but they're also really, really good at what they do to the point where I'm like, oh, there's like a part of me that wants to respect it just for like the skill of it all. I mean, they've completely, they've got Los Angeles locked down. When you really make a list of all the like huge celebrity stories that they've broken, it's massive. Like their first big story ever was the Mel Gibson um, police rant thing where he was being really anti-Semitic. That was them. That was like their first thing that they put out. Not like the first first thing, but like when they were first getting started as like a celebrity news organization, that was their like first breaking story, which is crazy because that is such, it's so much power that TMZ has that they could be harnessing in a more positive and productive way. You know, they could be doing like good things for society. The whole Mel Gibson thing, that was obviously like a big celebrity scandal because it's Mel Gibson. But also it exposed a lot of corruption in the LAPD and how the LAPD previously had tried to bury that audio recording. And TMZ went up against them. Like, they are absolutely capable of doing amazing things, but they use it to do things like, you know, announce Kobe Bryant's death before the family even knows about it. It's just, oh, I, I think that they're awful, but I would love just for like a year to like work there. I just want to be like in the newsroom. I want to hear what they're saying because they've got to have so much dirt on people that they don't even put out publicly because, you know, they've got these like weird connections with different people. Like the TMZ vault has so much mythology around it in terms of the information and the, the alleged like media that they have on people that they've just never shared for whatever reason. Like allegedly... They have additional information about Michael Jackson and the child molestation case that they're just fucking sitting on. I don't know if that's true, but allegedly 
that is the case. And I would just love, I mean, I'm sure you probably have to get pretty far up the corporate ladder to be able to access that information. I can't just like wander in as like a TMZ intern and figure out all this dirt, but like, oh my God, I would just love to be in the building and hear the things they say. But so yeah, I put some stuff up about all the dirt that TMZ was publishing about Amber at the time and all the very, very negative press coverage they were giving the divorce and the restraining order. And then someone commented that um, they said, I never thought Amber was colluding with TMZ, but I didn't realize how ridiculous they were. It is so wild that they got away with any of this. And yeah, I didn't even include all of it, to be honest. Um, There was other stuff. There was one story they put out where they had a photo of Amber coming out of some sort of like jewelry shop or something, and they accused her of going like retail therapy shopping like the day after she filed for divorce or something to try to imply that she's like a gold digger you know like oh she's divorcing johnny and now she's going out and spending a whole lot of money which first of all even if she was fuck off you know (laughs) like let her go shopping just because she's getting a divorce doesn't mean that she can't buy stuff but also the photo that they published wasn't even from that day it was from like weeks prior and tmz most likely even knew that because they they get those photos from like a database that definitely has the date on it so there was no reason for them to think that those photos came out after the divorce but that is how they published it and i think they eventually took that story down but they didn't offer any sort of correction and that's something that amber said in one of those phone calls, one of those recordings with Johnny, where she was accusing his team of being in league with TMZ, which they fucking were, like, clearly. I still don't necessarily know that Johnny realized that, because his divorce attorney, Laura Wasser, um, who also was the divorce attorney for Kim Kardashian, um, she has a very close relationship with Harvey Levin. She has for a long time, so I think that she's the source giving TMZ that info and whether or not Johnny realized she was doing that I honestly have no idea because I I could see him being so calculated as to want to throw Amber under the bus in that way but also reading stuff about his um his lawsuit with like TMG and different things I just don't know how much attention Johnny is paying to what his team is doing and also he's just like drunk and on drugs all the time too so like his memory is fucking shit anyway But Amber pointed out in one of those phone calls, TMZ runs this information about me and then they take the story down, but they don't like issue a correction. They don't do anything to like make it clear to their readers that they published something that was incorrect. And she's absolutely right. That is absolutely true. That is what they did. And so I don't know if it was about that incident specifically with that photo that she was referring to, but yeah, it's just so fucking crazy that, like, we have audio recordings where Amber is telling Johnny, like, hey, your team keeps sending information about me to TMZ. And people, they don't take that as evidence of anything negative related to Johnny. But because Amber had this one video that she took in her kitchen and then TMZ eventually got a hold of it months later and from who fucking knows who suddenly Amber is the one that's been giving TMC this information all the time, even while they were writing the most nasty, disgusting things about her. And that's just a really good example to me of how Johnny has distorted the narrative completely, or Johnny's team, or Johnny's fans, this apparatus protecting him. Because at the time, when Amber was divorcing Johnny... Other outlets thought it was weird that TMZ kept putting out these anti-Amber pieces. Other people were commenting on it. 
And yet now in 2022, the narrative has shifted to where Amber's been the one giving Johnny the info the entire time. And of course, the most damning thing that TMZ published about Amber were the domestic violence accusations from when Amber was arrested in 2009. And then when Tasia responded saying that she she felt like the cop who arrested Amber was kind of misogynistic and homophobic, then TMZ was also the one to... Or maybe they weren't like the one. I think she might have posted about it on like Facebook or something. But TMZ was one of the primary ones to publicize this idea that the cop who arrested Amber was a lesbian. So how could she possibly have been homophobic or misogynistic when she's a woman and she's gay? Which is a silly line of reasoning anyway. But also it's not even true because that woman that has been paraded around as a cop, as the cop who arrested Amber is not a cop. She just worked in the airport. And I didn't realize that for a while, too, because as someone pointed out in the comments, um, they said, I was just having a debate with a Depp wife about how it was a male officer who arrested Amber, not the woman who testified. When I was trying to look the information up, I found that several sources had the woman who testified down as the arresting officer. I remembered from her cross-examination that she admitted she wasn't. And yeah, that is also significant because I didn't realize that she wasn't a cop until way later into my research. When I first started looking into this, I just assumed that she was because, yeah, that's how a lot of outlets were reporting on it. That like, oh, the cop came out and said that she's a lesbian, but she's not a cop. And I even the fucking Wikipedia page for Depp v. Heard had her down as a cop on like the witness list. And I actually went and I edited it because it, it drove me nuts. Is the fr I've never edited anything on Wikipedia before because I just don't care that much. But that I was like, okay, no, we we gotta correct the record on this. But yeah, so she wasn't she wasn't a police officer. She was a security officer. So in that way, it's like okay, she had she had some authority, and she maybe I'm sure she was capable of arresting Amber in the airport and taking Amber to like airport security. But she didn't have jurisdiction as like a police officer, and so the cop who arrested Amber is not her. And anyway, even if she was a police officer, they clearly said, Amber and Tasia, they said that there were two officers. And in Amber's deposition, we have her on record saying, it wasn't this woman who's come forward in the press. It was a male officer that we thought was being aggressive with us. So this whole thing about this lesbian police officer or lesbian airport security officer it's just it's stupid it's irrelevant amber said herself it was a man oh i hate it and then i moved into just like other myths that johnny stands have proliferated about amber like the whole thing about her killing her friend in high school which is just it's absurd because it's so illogical and it's also just so fucking mean too it's like she lost a friend like, he died. She's sad. Let her be sad. Don't accuse her of murder or manslaughter or whatever you think it is. Like, oh, it's just, I hate it. They're so mean to her. Uh, but someone wrote, um, I think you really hit the nail on the head by pointing out that while most of the claims made by Team Depp are pretty weak to utter bullshit, there is just so much out there that it takes way too long to debunk, or at least longer than most people have the time or energy for. This was used so effectively in this case as it was not only pervasive, but also highly emotionally charged. And yeah, I think the really big problem with this case and how it got 
as out of hand as it did is number one, Johnny's standum, his fan base, has always been larger than Amber's. Amber is not that big of a celebrity, and she never really has been. She's definitely successful, and she definitely did have fans prior to these abuse allegations, but nothing in comparison to the size of the very, very large cult following that Johnny Depp had. So just numbers-wise, if this is like a stan war, Amber is completely outnumbered. So you're just not able to have Amber's fans defending her as intensely and as regularly and consistently as Johnny's fans were already defending him. And then I'm going to talk about this in part three a little bit more, but for a long time between like 2016 when the allegations came out, when there was, you know, some reporting around that, outlets were talking about it, you know, Amber Heard has filed for a restraining order, she's accusing Johnny of abuse, there are some photos that got to People Magazine, which, to be honest, I, I don't know if Amber sent those photos or not, she's claimed that she didn't, I don't know if it was anyone in Amber's team, I don't know if it was anyone in Amber's friends, I don't really care, because if that's ultimately, like, the one like, really public thing that she did, that's just not, I mean, really, if she had gone fully public, if she had completely outed him on, like, social media and went on her Twitter and was like, here's all the things that Johnny did to me and here's text messages, like, fucking more power to her, I don't care. And I don't understand how people use that as, like, a hit against her to be like, oh, look, she was a clout goblin the whole time because she talked about being abused publicly. It's like, fuck off. But anyway, there was, like, a moderate amount of media at the time talking about the allegations in a way that was mostly favorable to Amber, you know? Even if it wasn't specifically pro-Amber, it was just giving, like, the facts of the situation, which the facts in themselves support Amber's side. So all that stuff comes out, people report on it for a little bit, but then it just kind of dies off, because pretty quickly after Amber first made the allegations, which she really didn't even make publicly, she just made to the LA court, and that becomes a matter of public record because it's filed with the court, but it's not like she did, like, a press conference. She went and she filed the restraining order, the allegations became public, Johnny's team made a response accusing Amber of just lying about the the abuse for financial gain, trying to get, like, a bigger settlement in the divorce. But then, quickly after that, like, really not long after, Johnny and Amber release a joint statement saying, we're taking this out of the public eye, neither one of us has made up anything for financial gain, and we care about each other a lot, and we just don't want to do this publicly anymore. So, like, okay, seems like the story is fucking over, right? Johnny pretty much admitted that Amber did not make anything up. She did not lie for financial gain, which implies that she was telling the truth. And they said that they they love each other and they want to take this out of the public eye. So, okay, nothing more to talk about. Amber Heard was abused by Johnny Depp, but she's also, she's not making a big deal out of it, you know? She's not really turning it into this huge press thing. She's not attacking Johnny. So, in a way... It, there's like a truce called, kind of. We can all just move on. And so the media did, pretty much, you know? Johnny starts to get into these other controversies that people are reporting on, like his lawsuit with his former business managers and the fact that he allegedly assaulted someone on the set of City of Lies. He was also being sued by his bodyguards. So there's a whole lot of stories that are about Johnny coming out that are negative, but they don't really have anything to do with Amber. And then... The Sun article comes out calling him a wife beater, and that somewhat revives the allegations, but not really, because again, it's like, 
Amber's not talking about it. There's no new information. It's just the same shit. And it's really just an opinion piece from The Sun, you know? But Johnny files a lawsuit. So there's a little bit of press around that. But even then, a lot of the attention was more focused on the fact that Johnny just keeps ending up in litigation with people. He's being sued by his bodyguards. He's suing his former business managers. His former business managers are suing him. And then someone from City of Lies is now suing him. Like, the focus isn't really even on the abuse allegations. It's the fact that Johnny Depp can't stay out of court. There's no big bombshells anywhere here. But then Amber puts out her Washington Post article. He sues her for that. Again, it's like, okay, he's just fucking suing a whole lot of people. Like, he's just getting himself into more and more shit. So there's articles about it, but there are people reporting on it, but it's not like a big story. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to most people. To like the average American, oh well. And to the mainstream media, what's what's there to fucking say? Johnny's acting out like a child. Who cares? We'll say that, okay, he's suing someone else again, but a lot of the stuff at this point that's coming out about Amber and all of these allegations that are getting spread online are just, they're just doing that. Like they're just online. They're just in these kind of niche fan communities or these MRA incel communities that a lot of people, a lot of like respectable journalists aren't even looking at or aware of because it's so niche. And it's also just so silly because Johnny said, you know, back when the divorce first happened. He said that Amber didn't lie for money, and we have pictures of Amber's injuries, and we have that video in the kitchen. It's just, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's worth people's time to debunk. But the allegations against Amber and the misinformation about this trial are just slowly building and building and building online, especially because Adam Waldman was starting to co-conspire with members of like MRA communities and of Johnny's fandoms so that he's building this online army of people who are going to start spreading false things about Amber and muddying the waters about what's even true about her allegations and what's true about their relationship. It's creating a lot of doubt, but mostly on social media. But if you're someone that works at like CNN or any like big respectable publication or like, you know, respectable in quotes, because obviously it's like CNN fucking kind of sucks, but at least it's like, those are institutions where you expect there to be some amount of fact checking and some diligence to, you know, citing sources and whatnot. Like those publications could have been fact checking the wild conspiracy theories of Johnny's fans, but why would they? This is such a niche, weird problem that's happening online that probably won't affect anything, right? You know? Because when Johnny goes to trial in 2020 in the UK, he loses. The judge says, like, no, I think that Amber was abused. At least in these 12 instances, Johnny Depp is a wife beater. Case closed. Outlets are reporting on the outcome and maybe some basic details like here's basically what Amber said and here's basically what Johnny said. But it's just an overview because no one, no one thought that we needed to go this deep. No one except for Johnny's own fans who were hell-bent on proving his innocence. So all this stuff against Amber is mostly happening under the radar. It's kind of visible, you know, if you're online a lot, like I saw it, I saw people hashtagging justice for Johnny Depp and stuff like that. And at that point, 
I had already seen enough information where I was like, okay, it does seem like maybe this is kind of like a weirder situation than I originally thought, you know? Maybe there is some credence to the idea that Amber was also abusive. Maybe they were toxic to each other. I still thought that the fandom of Johnny Depp was super weird for the way that they were defending him and the way that they were disparaging Amber. But I was like, okay, fine. I maybe Maybe there's more to this than I thought there was. And for anyone who was super online during that time, I think a lot of people got that idea because you're seeing all this stuff coming out that looks really damning to Amber and there aren't really any any organizations, any groups or any like mass fan campaigns dedicated to defending her against these really specific allegations. So they just keep building up and building up and building up and then it's like there are just so many things being said about her that you can't go back and change people's minds. Some people you can, but there's a lot of people that are just never going to be reached on this because they were exposed to all this information against her so long ago and were exposed to so much of it because there was so much being said about her that it's just like burrowed into their version of events now. They just think these things that people said Amber did that there's not actually any evidence of her doing, they just think that that stuff happened. It's canon to them. So asking them to take this other information into account that actually disproves a lot of the stuff that Johnny's fans were saying, you're asking them to completely erase a concept of this story that became so massive and so entertaining last year. Like, this became such a huge point of pop culture and celebrity culture, and it was so fun for people to watch in this really sick way that asking them to recontextualize all of it, we're not going to get everyone. We're not going to convince everyone who was anti-Amber that, in fact, she was telling the truth the whole time. Even completely reasonable people, completely reasonable people from now on will still think that Johnny Depp is innocent and Amber Heard is a liar. Either because they're just not ever going to look into any information that says the contrary, but also because... This is my, like, real concern, is that when you really understand that Amber was a victim the entire time, not just a victim to Johnny, but a victim to, like, the culture and the way that she was treated, that makes a lot of people's commentaries on the situation look really, really gross. Because it was. It was really, really gross. And I think a lot of people just don't want to admit that about themselves. They don't want to admit that they mocked an actual rape victim's story of abuse because they don't like what that would say about them. So they're just not, they're not going to believe it. And especially, I, I think in a way, there's already kind of a tide turning on social media that's more pro-Amber than it was last year. I mean, it's hard, it's hard for things to get worse. But it's definitely, it almost seems like at this point that's kind of the more popular opinion is that Johnny Depp is a wife beater. But, you know, it's hard to say because people aren't talking about the situation quite as much. I think that people who supported Johnny sort of don't want to talk about it anymore because if they engage with the conversation in a super deep way like they were last year, then you know, they they might kind of get their ass handed to them because of the amount of support that Amber 
has received in the last couple months. So the only people really talking about it actively online right now are the people who are trying to correct the record. And obviously there are still like Johnny Depp stands, but they're not quite as intense or as large as they once were. They seem to have kind of dwindled in numbers, but who knows? Like so many of the content creators who are making videos or who are live streaming the trial, they haven't really come out and said anything. So I don't know how many of those people have maybe changed their minds since the court case. I'm not sure, but I don't think we're going to get like a really, really large swath of people admitting that Amber was fucked over here until we get something that's about as entertaining and engaging as the trial was. Because people don't like to just like read stuff or do independent research. They want something that's entertaining that will be really compelling and that can kind of suck them in and indoctrinate them into their new beliefs. Especially because a piece of media just doesn't stick with you the same way that like an audio recording would. And that's something um, someone commented. They said, um, I don't really blame people who felt emotionally triggered or assumed she was abusive from hearing the edited recordings. People are not good at understanding the differences between this is upsetting to me and a shitty way to treat someone and actual patterns of abuse and coercive control. When people have that very strong emotional reaction, especially as a first impression of a person, since no one really knew much about Amber, it colors the way that they process everything else. Because the cold hard evidence and the bigger picture, while horrifying, doesn't produce that kind of visceral feeling. And that is a really great way to put it. And in fact, the two Instagram stories of mine that I showed in the first part of the video series, or I I said that like Amber's legal team was going to hell or whatever. It's, it's embarrassing. I don't like it. I don't like that I said that, but I did. The reason that I flipped on Amber so hard after initially believing her when the restraining order was happening is because of those audio recordings. Because I heard Amber saying that like, you know, I didn't punch you, I hit you, you're such a baby. Like, it sounds bad. It sounds really, really bad. And it, it just sounds like how an abuser could or would talk to someone. So that is a really compelling piece of evidence on Johnny's side. Of course, when you look into the larger context of it, it makes way more sense and completely fits within Amber's narrative of events. But all that context is a lot harder to find and it's not as engaging in like a visceral sense, you know? It's like court transcripts where you see the other parts of that audio that was cut out and it's putting it into like the general timeline of events where Amber had already experienced so much abuse prior to that point that like, yeah, she doesn't sound great, but she shouldn't be expected to be like her best self in that moment. I mean, those audio recordings, if you exclude the one from Australia, because that wasn't a recording of their fight, that was just of the aftermath, all the recordings that we have from when they were in the relationship took place in the last seven months that they were together. When Amber said that Johnny had started abusing her like three to six months into the relationship, so she had already experienced so much by that point that everything she does is pretty reactive, even if she's the first one to strike in a specific instance. When you're around someone that becomes so violent so easily, like it seems like Johnny definitely did, she's kind of like in a constant state of fight or flight. And yeah, she picked fight, but 
that's not like a conscious decision she made. And it's also just still a very common reaction to traumatic stress. But it is just, it's harder for people to grasp the nuance of that situation than it is to just be like, Amber sounds mean and I don't like her, you know? So I think it's going to take a lot to correct the record for a lot of people. Some people we are just never going to fucking reach. But I think that a lot of people we will in time. And as unfortunate as it is that something this serious had to play out as a piece of entertainment for people, that is the arena that we are currently in. And if we want to fight the misinformation that was spread about Amber, we have to fight with the exact thing that tore her down in the first place, which is content, media, entertainment, TikToks, what have you. Because what I think that a lot of people in the media really overlooked before all this happened and during it, it's that the things that happen online and the things that happen surrounding celebrity culture that sometimes seem silly and frivolous and dumb, they do matter. They, they make a difference in, in people's lives and in our general culture, so... Let's start paying more attention to the things that we spread on the internet because some of it is bad. Some of it's really, really bad. Um, but that's all I have to say. I'm gonna go see the Barbie movie. Goodbye.